everybody. Welcome to the New Market Alliance Church podcast, where you're invited to not just attend church or watch church, or in this case, listen to church, but actually go and be the church. For everything you need to know about our community, be sure to go to newmarketalliance.ca and maybe even drop us a line to let us know you're listening. We read everything you send and we'll be sure to get back to you. Our worship service happens every Sunday at 10 a.m. in person or streaming online. We want you to know you absolutely matter to God and you absolutely matter to us. Everyone is welcome and wanted. Now, let's join today's teaching. Lieutenant Dan said that, because right then, God showed up. Now me, I was scared, but Lieutenant Dan, he was mad. You call this a storm? It's time for a showdown! You and me! I'm right here! Come and get me! You'll never see this boat! Hurricane Carmen came through here yesterday, destroying nearly everything in its path. And as in other towns up and down the coast, BioLabattery's entire shrimping industry has fallen victim to Carmen and has been left in utter ruin. Speaking with local officials, this reporter has learned, in fact, only one shrimping boat actually survived the storm. Louise! Louise, that's forced. After that, shrimping was easy. Since people still needed them shrimps for shrimp cocktails and barbecues and all. <laughs> I'd love to watch the whole movie too. <laughs> you ever talk to God like that? Have you ever? I have. I have. I really have. I want to welcome you today. I want to thank you for coming. Uh, giving up your Sunday and to be with us and to bless us with your presence. Um, I don't know if you felt it or not, but Jesus is in the room today. He, he came in and he, he is with us. And, you know, when I look over at that corner, Peggy Lindquist was always praying that I would be here. And uh, she's most likely joined the gallery this morning from heaven and is just looking over and says, just getting those Holy Ghost jitters, you know, that she gets. And uh, I knew my prayers would be answered. So our prayers are not just for this lifetime. They are for eternity. God continues to answer the prayers that we pray for eternity. He does not forget. So, and many others are joining us this morning along with a host of angels that are surrounding this place and the, the presence of our precious Lord Jesus in the room. So, let's uh, get into our story about Jeremiah today. And you want to give me the first slide? Yeah, so they took Jeremiah 
and I need some help here. I've got a little a little prop. Um, yeah, here comes my my prop man. <clears throat> uh, slash everything else. Yeah, just uh, pull this very heavy, large, deep cistern over here. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get Jeremiah hooked up to this safety harness because we're in Ontario and we must abide by all of the safety regulations, uh, you know, height restrictions and so on. Whenever you're working at height or cutting tree limbs, you know, that type of thing, let's uh, throw them down there. Well, easy, no, easy, easy. Okay, let's down, easy down. We go down, we go down, he goes, down, he goes, wow. Wow, that really is is deep. That's Jeremiah. My goodness gracious, you got yourself in a pile of muck there. Well, good. We don't have to look at you anymore. I think that's that's. I think he's at the bottom now, there, Glenn. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you've been giving us a lot of trouble. He was, you know. I, let's let's set, set the scene for you. Uh, yeah, just give him a light. Yeah, 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 just whatever. Yeah, it's good down. It's, go, yeah, just hold down. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, we're not completely heartless, you know. We didn't throw him down there. We just wanted to, you know, sit in the mud there for a while and think about all the trouble he's been doing. Anyway, at this time, the Babylonian king, King Nebuchadnezzar, was besieging the city of Jerusalem. They were surrounding the walls, and Jeremiah is telling them, Look, you're going to fall to Babylon. It's, it's inevitable. And so they get really upset about that. He says, look, the guys are defending the city. You're discouraging the guys that are defending us. We've heard enough of you. Down you go. Just get rid of the guy. So let's read the text. So they took Jeremiah and put him into the cistern of Malijaka, the king's son, which was in the courtyard of the guard. They lowered Jeremiah by ropes into the cistern. It had no water in it, only mud. And Jeremiah sank down into the mud. You okay down there? All right. I'll check on him from time to time. Don't you folks worry. I can, I'll see here. I have a well. I have a dug well. And uh, two weeks ago, my wife and I got up and we had no water. Turn on the tap. And normally this wouldn't be a problem. I had an anxiety panic attack like never before. How am I going to fix this? I don't know if you noticed. Um, I have a little get around. How am I going to go into the well? I have been down there many times before. And as you go down into the well, you have to pump it out, all right? You've got 20 feet of water in there. You've got to pump it out and then get down, take out the old pump, make all the connections, electrical and otherwise, before the water comes back in. But as you're down there and you're looking up, that big hole now looks like it's like this. How am I going to fit through that? It is terrifying. If you're claustrophobic, there's no way you can go down there. I mean, I see children on the news coming out of these wells that are 150 feet deep. I just, yeah, 
just, yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't like it. I, I can't even look at that. But it, I said, okay, God, help me. So I went downstairs, looked at things, maybe the control box. It was the control box. Went to Home Depot, $105 plus tax, put it in, turned on the breaker, click, and watched the pressure come back up. He's okay. I was very relieved. So I know what being in wells is all about. The wells in the Middle East, I'm sure, or not wells, but cisterns where they store water, are very deep. And I'm sure Jeremiah, when he went in there, sinking in the mud, I don't know how far it would have got up in there. Let me tell you a little bit about the time that Jeremiah was, was dealing with. All right, I was going to bring the Zondervan uh, Bible Encyclopedia. It's about this thick. It's about 30 pages. I think I could set the record for the longest preaching. If I could just read that to you and you'd be really well informed. But I, I didn't want to bog you down, so I just brought the Haley's version, the small version. Oh, and I, I, won't, I won't do that. Let me summarize, okay, just to make it easy for us. There are three ruling kingdoms at the time. Assyria, which uh, Isaiah talked about quite a bit. They were the, the predominant people at the time. There is Egypt, who were great and mighty warriors, the very fearsome people at the time, and rising Babylon. During the, king, during the reign of kings Hezekiah, Manassas, Ammon, Hezekiah was a good king. You remember Isaiah uh, talked to him quite a bit, and he was very sick. And the Lord ended up giving him ten more years of life. Manasseh, his son, not very good. Ammon, very wicked. Josiah was a pretty good king. Uh, so we had, we had the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah, the divided kingdoms. And... During, during the time from Hezekiah to Zedekiah, that's when the time when Jeremiah was doing his, his, all of his preaching, around 600 BC, all right, before Christ. Now, Jeremiah is an amazing prophet. Now, he predicted, he predicted 20 years in advance that Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar of, the, of Babylon, would take over, destroy Jerusalem, and burn it to the ground. 20 years before it happened. And he also predicted that the captivity would last 70 years. All right, let's go uh, and learn a little bit about the call of this weeping prophet. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart appointed as a prophet to the nations. This is not the first time that Jeremiah got himself into trouble or was persecuted by his peers, by commanders. He was often thrown in jail, often beaten, very many times um, ridiculed. He had to preach for almost 20 years the same message. It wasn't a good message. Uh, I don't, that's really not going to be my topic today. So just relax. 
I'm not going to be, you know, repent, <laughs> repent. I want to focus on Jeremiah and how he dealt with what he was receiving from all of these people who he was speaking to. And he loved them. I want you to know that. His heart, he's called the weeping prophet because he wept over these people. He wept, pleaded with God, please hold back your wrath, hold back your anger. His heart was broken for them, believe me. All right. So before I knew you, I formed you. I don't want to get into a discussion about the, the pro-life movement on this. Um, although it does give us moment to pause and give reflection and what this means for each one of us sitting here our precious father knows you it's not just Jeremiah it's not just talking to Jeremiah before you were formed Scott Peter Joy all of you Rachel all of you before any one of you were formed he knows you he knows how many hairs are on your head, whether you have them or you're losing them. Okay? He does. My heart is broken over the events of this week. My emotions are, are wretched inside. I cannot watch too much trauma on news. If I was a counselor or a pastor in the congregation of those families down there in Uvalde, what would I be saying to them? I would be saying to those poor grieving parents that the angels of those children who were beholding the Father are now being embraced by Jesus Christ in heaven right now. A place where they will see no more harm no more hurt, no more agony. The children are okay. And I would comfort those parents with that fact. You can't change the, the, uh, the evil that has occurred. It, it really is the mystery of iniquity. I do not have the answer why. I don't have it. But it is a time for people to reflect. And maybe this time, laws will change. I don't know. We can only pray. That's why we pray. That's why we have elections, which are coming up. So I'm not going to say much more about that. But let's pray that people that have positions of power and authority will make good and right decisions for all. Okay, let's move on to the next slide. So Jeremiah says to, or God says to Jeremiah, get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them, whatever I command you, do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. I will fight against, they will fight against you, they will. But you will not, they will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Before Jeremiah went in there, this was the promise he had received. He had received that before he went in there. 
His work was hard work. The people we were talking to were, were idol worshipers, both Judah and Israel. They were corrupt. There was lots of injustice, lots of people that were working for gain. There was a lot of hypocrisy. There was false prophets that says, don't worry, everything is going to be okay. In two years, this king Nebuchadnezzar will be nothing. Don't worry, everything will return. Everything will be fine. And for that message, he received beatings, thrown in stocks um, by Pashtu, I think his name was, very evil guy, put him in stocks. And stocks are a, a very terrible place to be. It's like you're clamped up in awkward positions and left him there. And then he was put in prison. So Jeremiah, in chapter 15, and there's a lot that goes to chapter 15, but this is the end of it. Why is my pain unrelenting and my wound grievous and incurable? You, dear God, you are like a deceptive brook, like a spring that fails. Now, he's not the first one to argue with God. Can I sit down? Is that all right? Yeah, thank you. You okay with that? Yeah, good. Thanks, Glenn. So, <clears throat> Job said the same thing. He says, he cursed the day that he was born. Why? Don't let anyone remember that day. And Jeremiah had the same thing. You know, the guy that, that brought the news that, to a father that says, Oh, a son is born. Why? Why didn't you let me die in my mother's womb? He was in agony over this whole thing. It, it is difficult. But God doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't let him away with that. Like, I've spoken to God like that. I have. I have been in some very dark places. Sorry. And I'm extremely sorry for speaking to my father the way I spoke to him. I'm still sorry. He has forgiven me, but I'm still very sorry for the way I spoke to him. And things were so bad. I just said, please, why didn't you just let me die on the lawn when I fell? But God has a purpose in every circumstance that he puts you into. I'm glad I didn't die on the lawn for my wife's sake and my daughter's sake and for his purposes. He's changed my direction. I'm going to talk more about that maybe at another time. But he completely changed my direction. I can see what I was doing was wrong. And I've repented to the people that, that, I, that I betrayed, that I offended, that I caused great personal harm and emotional distress. And it's still a process. But God has a purpose in every single thing that you're going through. Why didn't he stop it? Why doesn't he stop a madman from, from taking over a, a democratic country in Europe? Why doesn't he just stop him? 
because he has given each one of us free will. So when Jeremiah first started his ministry, he thought, like a lot of young preachers, okay, I've got this message, I'm going to go and preach this message, and people are going to come to the altar, and they're going to be saved, they're going to kneel down, they're going to repent and receive Jesus, and everything will be glory. But these people did not. Year after year after year, they did not. Example after example. When he breaks the clay pot, he says, this nation will be shattered. How can you put this thing back together? You cannot. It's going to be shattered. Jeremiah is pleading with him, please don't do that. Dear Lord, don't do that to them. And God says to him, uh, I haven't got my verse here. But God says to him, I think it's prior in this chapter. Even if Moses and Samuel would be pleading before me for these people, it wouldn't change my mind. Send them away. And so where, am I gonna, where are we going to go? Where are they going to go? Some to death, some to the sword, some to starvation, and some to captivity. didn't turn out the way it was. So Jeremiah complained. So let's go to the next slide. So all these beatings and arrestings and all of this terrible talk that's going against, he is attributing that to God. That's man's reaction to the message. You know, Jesus got the same reaction from a lot of people. He got ridiculed by the Sadducees, the Pharisees. He got a lot of grief from what he was doing. Some people even said, don't even stay here. Um, the man that was delivered of demons, that went into the, the, uh, the legion of demons that went into the, the, uh, the pigs on the hillside. They said, don't stay around here. Get away from our countryside. We don't want you around here. And other places like the woman at the well, he stayed for many days because they received his teaching. So Jeremiah is not alone in this. God loves you, Jeremiah. He does, even down there. Are there two people down there? I think the Lord is with him right now. Next slide. Jesus was betrayed. <clears throat> oh, I'm just going to go back a bit. Let's leave it there. I didn't want my personal testimony to be a rant about how badly I was treated, how my employer, who didn't pay my, my wages and overtime, uh, set herself up beside, behind such a legal blockade that it would have been impossible for me to breach. I didn't want to talk about betrayal of my, some of my friends, my family. You may have others. You may have a doctor that betrayed you. My father-in-law, was betrayed by a, a doctor, intern, that didn't know her way around the in, internal parts of the human body and cut the wrong thing. The suffering he went through is, is, is horrific. 
Maybe the government betrayed you in some way. Maybe an adjuster, a banker, investor, scammer. I got one this week. Called me up and says, Sir, there's something wrong with your computer. You ever get those? There's something wrong with your computer. Oh? I mean, if, if you're not, like, right with it, oh, I did notice something. You know, it's, it's not too hard to get just drawn right in. So I said to the guy, remember? I said to the guy, you should be ashamed of yourself. What, sir? No, really, you should be ashamed of yourself for trying to, to prey on people about their computer. It says, you know there's nothing wrong with your computer. You're just, you're, you're, you're just doing this to, to scam them. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> That worked. I hope he thinks about it. I don't know. I hope he does. But guaranteed, you, uh, you have most likely or will be betrayed by someone very deeply and hurt very badly. Jesus was betrayed. As this slide, the time is coming and in fact has come when you will be, when you all be scattered. Each one of you to your own home. You will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone. My Father is with me. Jeremiah is not alone. Jesus is with him. Paul's comment was very interesting. He could have said a number of things. But he says, for I received from the Lord, let's go to the next one, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed. This is a Bible. I mean, this is too, but this is also a Bible. And the disciples want to ask Who is it that's betraying you, Lord? And in John uh, 14, I believe, in thir- John 13, and Jesus says, The one who I give, dip the bread and give, that's the one that's betraying me. So he dips and gives to Judas Iscariot. And at that moment, Satan entered the man. And he went off to betray the Lord. I've thought a lot about that because I, as I'm reading through Ezekiel and Jeremiah and all of the prophets during this very difficult time, I am seeing the heart of God. It is broken at the betrayal of everything he has done for a people. And we can, we can translate that to ourselves. I'm so grateful. Joy and I, every morning we get up and we pray and we are grateful for every single thing the Lord has done for us. Every day. As we pray for other needs and things that are going on. But we are grateful for what he has done. But these people were ungrateful. And the heart of God was broken at the way they went off. They manufactured something out of wood. They painted it. And then they put it on a stand and make sure it wouldn't topple over. And then they would bow down and say, you are my God. And with the other part of the wood that they manufactured, they put it in the fire and they cooked their meal. I mean, is that bizarre? They were doing that. And much worse. And God equaled that to adultery. 
And Ezekiel, when he's talking about Ahola and Aholiba, is just, his heart is broken. And all the things he did, he, he looks at it like a broken marriage contract. He is broken. Jesus came into the world and the world did not receive him. That's in John. You know, okay, next. So, Jeremiah, something really bad has happened to you down there. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? What can you do? Next slide. Believe me, I know you're really stuck. I know you're really stuck. You're in a really bad place. You feel betrayed, dishonored, so hurt, diminished, so taken advantage of, abandoned, fragile, useless, powerless, maybe ashamed, unworthy, and maybe more than a little angry, like Lieutenant Dan. You want a piece of me? <laughs> right? Come and get it. I've taken some timeline with these slides and the chronology uh, of the text and so on, uh, just to sort of help you get the, the flair of the story. Let's find some solutions. Let's go to the next piece. Yeah. Okay, Jeremiah. I want to realize that I'm with you, says the Lord. Never left you, my child. He never left. Jesus said to each one of us, I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you believe that? Even in a hurtful situation, when I was in the hospital and just becoming aware after the tree accident, I was just becoming aware. I didn't know whether I was dead or whether I was alive. It was dark. It, there was nothing. All my mind was saying is, what's this place? Is this good or is this bad? I was not afraid. I was not afraid. Because in the depths of my spirit, in the core of my being, the one who saved me and had given his life for me was with me. He will always be with me. Even until the end of the age, he will always be with you. Realize the truth. In, verse, in chapter 29 and verse 11, we all know this verse. We take it out of context, but this is given to the people in captivity who Jeremiah is speaking to. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. We love that verse. They're in captivity. 
This world, as demonstrated by a lot of the evil that's going on, shows that a lot of people are captive to bad thinking. And the devil has a free reign to do that. And he tries to work into our brains through different things. I watch very little media. Uh, I cannot take it. The complex PTSD that I've been diagnosed with does not allow me to watch anything traumatic, even make-believe stuff. It's very hard. It's very, very hard. Watch a little bit of the news so I stay informed. And then uh, Joy and I, we watch the Waltons. Because it always has a happy ending. Uh, And I want to say that. This story has a happy ending. It, It does, Jeremiah. It does. Hang in. Hang in there. It has a happy ending. I love it because it always has a happy ending. I told Jonathan when he asked me, he says, I just sort of want to wrap things up and have a happy ending. Even though this is a terrible context, for Jeremiah, it has a good ending. And it has a good ending for the remnant, but not for a lot of other people. It's not really good. Jeremiah is not really good, what they say, daytime television. It's a lot of stuff going on. Ezekiel is even worse in some places. Very difficult stuff to read. But I think the Lord wants me in those passages to desensitize me to the horror of human trauma. If I am traumatized, I cannot help. I'm still healing. I'm not quite in post-traumatic recovery. But I thought that I'd be a little selfish and take this opportunity to try and bring some healing to myself by talking about this. Okay, so th- thank you for Jonathan for allowing me to speak today and for you guys listening to me. All right, let's uh, find out what Jeremiah... Have we finished all this? Uh, oh, that's re- repentance. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. I have to repent for attitudes and words, behaviors. Believe me, if you stay there in an unrepentant state, it is a very, very black hole. You get depressed, you go down and down. They did me wrong. They should pay. The judgment of God should be on them. The lightning strike should hit them. They're the ones that should run out of water. They're the ones that should have the accident. But no. You need to repent for those attitudes. Getting revenge. All of those things, those words and behaviors that are just not godly. It is a deep hole and it goes nowhere. It just gets blacker. I've wrestled with this. Believe me, I have wrestled with this. And I've finally come to believe that God will take care of them. I pray for those that have harmed me. I pray that they will repent and come to Christ and accept what they have done is wrong. They may never they may go to their grave in an unrepentant state. Just like, was it uh, Khan? <laughs> the wrath of Khan, you know, against Captain Kirk. I will never! And then, boom, the whole ship gets blown up. I love that part. Okay. <laughs> so some people go to their grave like that. And I mean forgive with a real, true forgiveness. Oh, I forgive them. Oh, I 
hate them, but I forgive them. <laughs> I mean, really forgive them. My friend Jim, who defrauded me in the very beginning of our married life, of enough money that would have paid my mortgage. There was a day, after many, many years, where we actually embraced, and I forgave him for what he did. Okay, Jeremiah finally repents. 19, therefore this is what the Lord says, if you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. If you utter worthy words, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. He says, don't get soft-hearted. You say what I told you to say from the very beginning. You don't change the message. You stay on message. You tell them that Babylon is going to take them over and the city walls are going to be burned and they are going to be taken off into captivity and not everyone's going to make it there. And even the captives that went there, they had to still be preached at by Ezekiel because they still didn't get the message. And even when they came out of captivity, there were still a few of them that still didn't get it straight until Nehemiah straightened them up. He says, you guys repent. You can't do the same things we went into captivity for. Okay, I need my assistant. <laughs> let's, let's pull him up. You do that while I do this. Then the king commanded Ebed Menik, the Cushite, take 30 men from here, and you lift Jeremiah, the prophet, out of the cistern before he dies. So Ebed Malik took the men with him and went to a room under the treasury in the palace. Yeah, just bring him up there. Is it, that's, that's why they needed 30 men. I'll do it by myself. Yeah, I mean, you know how a boot gets stuck in the mud? Uh, they needed 30 men. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate it. Yeah. They needed 30 men. He was stuck. So the nice thing about this passage is they take some worn clothes to put around the ropes, to pad them, because he was stuck. They would have pulled his arms off. So they pulled him up. You know what he does after this? Jeremiah is taken right into the king and says the same message. You're going to lose the city. Go off with King Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon and you'll be okay. Just stays on the message. Okay, I'm finishing up. So I, I hope that was helpful. Because Jesus has told us in John 16, Let's go to the next one. And John is an amazing book. I must have read it at least 50 times. The heart of God, the heart of John. They just, he's very special, John. Very special to Jesus. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. This world is full of trouble. Man is born to it just as sparks fly upward, Job said. But take heart. I have overcome 
the world, all of that evil out there, Jesus has overcome it. And each day you walk into a situation where you can be a light and shine, a spokesperson, to give a word of encouragement, to give a helping hand if needed, to do whatever you need to do at the command of the Lord, you are overcoming the world. So, Jeremiah. What happens to Jeremiah is he is freed by the captain of the guard of Nebuchadnezzar. He finds Jeremiah shackled and bound up with all the other captives going off to Babylon. And he says, Jeremiah, because you've been faithful and you've given people the message that King Nebuchadnezzar will take over this whole place, we're going to free you. Because all these people have sinned and they deserve this. So I'm going to open up the land to you. You can go wherever you want. Or if you want, you can come back to Babylon with me and I'll take care of you. So Jeremiah goes and stays in the land. He doesn't get taken away into captivity. He survives. God has been gracious. And, and this Cushite that helped get those 30 guys and pull them out of the well, he also is saved as well because of his faithfulness to God. You can be free. You can be free from all the pain of all of the, the bad things that have happened to you, the resentment, the betrayal. You can be free through forgiveness. I am free. I'm not bound by that. I struggle, okay? There are days, okay, I'm human, and I struggle, and then I come back. God is good. The plans he has for me are good. He will take care of them, the offenders. All right, can you just roll that clip? I just want you to watch this. He never actually said so, but I think he made his peace with God. I hope we all make our peace with God. I love that movie. If you need help, counseling. I found the value in finding a friend, finding a counselor, finding someone to pray with me. I am alive today because of your prayers. I felt them lift me. Literally lift me. For two days my wife didn't know. There's a purpose for me. There's a purpose for you. It is not to hold 
grudges, to hang on to hate, to hang on to resentment, to hang on to any feelings of betrayal. Jesus has not betrayed you. He loves you. You are where you are, and he knows where you are. He knows Jeremiah was down there. If you need help, we have lots of staff that can help. I can pray with you if you like. Listen to the words of this next song. You are not a victim of your circumstance. You're not. 